We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. Get you bored. we got a big hour here. NFL picks. Guess the takes. For week 15, the league coming up bottom of the hour. We also will give you our fair props for Sunday's game. The Eagles at the Bears at Soldier Field on Sunday. And from what I understand, it's going to be pretty darn cold out there. We're sending Howard Eskin in a fur coat to cover this game for WIP. So it's going to be cold. Elliot will be there. And the Eagles are going to show up as nine-point favorites in this game and try to improve the 13-1 and of the season before a trip to Dallas next week. Let's talk some Eagles and Bears with the guy who knows both teams well. Clay Harbor played a long time in the NFL, including three years with the Eagles, 2010 and 2012. Now he's out in Chicago. He knows this Bears team well. He knows the Eagles well. I thought it'd be a good, uh, good guest to get on tonight to talk about this game. Clay, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm out here in Chicago. It's a beautiful day. We, you know, we got the Bears and Eagles coming up. It's exciting for me. It's my hometown team, the team I grew up rooting for. You know, it's one of the teams I've played for, and I still follow. I've been to three or four Bears games this season, so it's going to be an exciting one for me. Clay, um, I think we talked last time in the summer as we were getting ready for the season and, and what we thought about this Eagles team and how good they could be. Clay, are, are you surprised that they've been this good? Actually, probably you could say the word great. Um, I think we both thought this was going to be a good team and we had high hopes, but, man, they've been the best team in the NFL over the first 14 weeks. Are you surprised they've gotten out to this great of a start? You know, I want to say I've been surprised, but really haven't. After just going to that training camp and watching some of these preseason games in person and, and getting out there and checking them out, I, wow, this team really doesn't have any weak spots. And watching Jalen Hurts, I saw how he was getting a lot of hate, and I didn't know why, because when I saw in training camp, I go, this guy is locked in. This guy is just, he's delivering the ball, he's dealing, and he's not even using his running ability. So for me, I feel I don't want to say I was the guy that picked it, but I kind of did call it they're going to win the division. I said Jalen Hurts was going to be the best quarterback in the NFC East, way better than Dak Prescott, and he's done that and a lot more. Clay, I'm sure you heard the 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 clips this week and the story, specifically Micah Parsons, right? Kind of throwing some cold water on the idea that Hurts is the MVP because he plays with a really good team. Where do you come down on that? I mean, you know, yes, the Eagles have a lot of talent around Jalen Hurts, but I think he's played at a level where he deserves that consideration to be the MVP of the league. Where do you come down when we give the credit out to these quarterbacks in terms of is it them, is it the team, and who deserves the MVP because of that? Where do you come down on, on how much credit Hurts deserves for this? I think Jalen Hurts is the MVP. The way he's been able to change, to transform from last year to this year has been incredible. And he's leading this team, and he's doing everything right. He is the perfect quarterback for this team. Not a lot of quarterbacks to do what he's doing. Nobody's going to be able to run the zone read, get these third down, crucial third down, has the most red zone touchdowns in the NFL. Things like that is what sets him apart from everyone else. And we have no one else in the league that can do things like that that's why he's the MVP, in my opinion. Yes, I know he's got Jordan Mailata, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, and Lane Johnson protecting him. Everybody knows that. He's not getting hit much. But still, this guy is dealing. 
He's delivering the ball. He's running the ball. He's running that offense better than you know, maybe anybody in the, in the the last decade of Philadelphia Eagles sports. Clay, let's talk about the game on Sunday. Eagles, Bears, um, you know, we know this Bears team's a transition. They traded away their best defensive player in Roquan Smith, and the defense has taken a big hit because of it. Uh, but they have a young quarterback who, who I, I think you're a big fan of, Justin Fields. It's interesting. There's some similarities there between Hurts when he first got going a little bit and, and Fields now in that their running ability certainly makes the offense go, and they're kind of coming along as a passer. Tell, tell us about this Bears team and where they're at right now. Yeah, they're improving, at least offensively, they're improving. So it's been the tale of two, two seasons for the Bears. The first six games of the year, the Bears have averaged 15 points a game, a little over 15 points a game. They had a pseudo-bye week. There was Thursday night football game, and they had Monday night football game. So it was like basically a little bye week there. After that bye week, they came back and they switched to offense to a Baltimore Ravens-type offense like Lamar Jackson running the show. And Fields has shined since then, and the Bears' offense has moved up to a top-seven offense averaging 25 points a game since then. And Fields has played great since then. I think he's a top-10-rated passer and a top-7-rated all-around quarterback since then, and now he's in the Pro Bowl consideration. He's improved greatly, and I know they haven't been winning, but it's not on Justin Fields. Justin Fields has improved greatly, and he's running this offense at a high level. He can run, and obviously last week was their bye week, but the week before, according to Pro Football Focus, Justin Fields was the highest-rated passer in the entire NFL. And that's for a guy that some people are calling a running back. Clay, when you watch him run, um, is he different than other runners? I mean, I, I've seen some of the games in the highlights. It just feels like when he gets into the open field, it's gone. he's gone. I mean, he's had a lot of these runs that are 30, 40, 50, 60 yards. I'm, I'm not trying to say yet he's Michael Vick or yet he's Lamar Jackson, but it, it does – he kind of remind, he kind of reminds me of those guys in the open field. Those are the only quarterbacks I can remember that when they get going, you can't catch them. You know, he's better than those guys at running the football. I mean, I know it's saying a lot, but he is. And uh, here's why: Justin Fields is six three and in some change, two hundred and thirty pounds, and he runs a four 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 three forty. This guy, according to ESPN Next Gen Stats, has the most. 20-mile-per-hour ball carries since anyone in the season already since 2017. This guy can absolutely fly. He has a good feel for the zone read. He can quarterback run, but he can also scramble. The one thing I need him to start doing more is keeping his eyes downfield and hitting those receivers. He's getting better at that. But overall, as a runner, I think he's the greatest runner as a quarterback the NFL's ever seen. Yeah, that means the Eagles have their work cut out for them here in this game. How about their defense, Clay? I know, I know they traded away um, Roquan Smith to the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, obviously, Quinn was traded here to the Eagles. That hasn't worked out great so far. But uh, is it as porous as it seems? Or are they have young guys back there? Because it feels like this is a matchup where the Eagles should be able to score a bunch of points. It's the worst defense in the league. It's absolutely the worst defense in the league. And I, I mean, Chicago, I mean, I hate to say it, but they're bad. And ever since they traded, like you said, Roquan Smith, they traded Robert Quinn to the Eagles, it's gotten even worse. And Pro Football Focus also has them graded as the worst defense in the league, 32 out of 32. Their defensive line is, I'm not going to say it's the worst in history, but it is historically bad. They don't have anybody on the team with more than any defensive line with more than two and a half sacks. The Eagles have five players with six and a half sacks. This team... His defensive line of Dominic Robinson, Justin Jones, Mike Pennell, Alfredi Muhammad, Travis Gibson, Angelo Blackson haven't came close to a quarterback in the last four weeks. 
They got one sack last week, and that was a cover sack, and you kind of feel bad for some of these defensive backs because they're not grading well. They have a high passer rating against, but that's because these, these quarterbacks have all day to throw. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to have a great day. They're going to be able to pick their poison, run or pass, because the Eagles, the Bears, I mean, give up 4.7 yards per carry on the ground, too. This is going to be a pick-your-poison type game. The only thing I have to say for the Bears on the bright side is that Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker will be back after missing two days with con- two games with concussions, and they've been decent. Jaquan Brisker is a Penn State grad. He's out there in Pennsylvania with the Eagles. He's looked the part. Kyler Gordon is atrocious in coverage, but he's really good against the run. According to Pro Football Focus, he's the third-worst cornerback in the entire league in covering a wide receiver. And how about an injury-wise? I mean, can can does Fields have anyone to throw to? I, I saw the Claypool's out. Uh, you know, Mooney's obviously out for the season. How about Fields' weapons? Or is this just going to be him trying to run around and make a play? No, I feel bad for the guy, man. I'm about to go and try to try to get myself on the roster right now and go and catch a pass for this dude. I mean, it's bad. You know, he's got Dante Pettis, Equinemia St. Brown, Velas Jones. Uh, I mean, Byron Pringle. You've probably never heard of any of these guys and. It's for good reason. These guys are very good. I, I had high hopes for a couple of these guys before the season, but I mean, they're they're they wouldn't start. They wouldn't play in any team in the league besides the Chicago Bears. And Cole Komet is a solid tight end, but he's not going to get open on anybody. He's more of a, you know, he's gonna, he's a get open in zone type guy. So unfortunately, Fields is going to have to do it all himself, and hopefully, uh, hopefully the uh, the running game with David Montgomery can can do a little can do a little something, especially with Khalil Herbert out, who is one of the top runners in the league until he got injured. Clay, we'll end with this. Um, the NFC is interesting right now. The Eagles at the top, Cowboys trying to chase them down, and then you have some teams that people aren't sure about, right? The Vikings have had a lot of close games, and now the Vikings, excuse me, the Vikings had close games, and the Niners clinched the West last night, but they're on their third-string quarterback now, and he's, he's doing a pretty nice job, Brock Purdy. Uh, when you look at this conference right now, who do you think is the biggest threat to the Eagles once we get to the playoffs? Wow. Uh, I mean, honestly, it could be next week's game, the Dallas Cowboys. And I know they just uh, almost lost to the Texans, but they're 10-3. They've been playing well. I mean, they got Micah Parsons on the edge. He can ruin a game. You never know what's going to happen with Dak Prescott. So, in my opinion, in that running game with Tony Pollard, he's, he's more dangerous than, than Zeke now. So, in my opinion, I would say the Dallas Cowboys, because their quarterback play, I put them ahead of the Vikings and the 49ers. But then also, if the Lions sneak in the playoffs, the Lions are a dangerous team right now. They got a great run game. Amon Ross St. Brown, a great receiver. Jared Goss actually playing pretty well. But in my opinion, it goes Cowboys, 49ers, and then Vikings. Because I'm not, Kirk Cousins hasn't won a big game yet. They just got beat by the Lions. And if the Lions sneak in, they're dangerous. Great stuff. Clay, appreciate you hopping on. As always, enjoy your night. Enjoy the weekend. We'll catch up again soon. Thank you, Clay. Appreciate you having me on. There he goes. Clay Harbor, former Eagle, tight end in the NFL for nine years. Pretty high on uh, – how about that compliment to Justin Fields? I think he's the best running quarterback ever. You know, more than Vic, more than uh, Lamar Jackson. That's, I feel like it's the only way the Bears score points on Sunday is is if and when. I'm sure he'll break a few. Justin Fields breaks plays. I mean, his running ability is off the – I think he's – does he have 900 yards rushing this year? He does. I think he's at 904. And he missed the game. Nine oh five. He's at through twelve games. And he missed one game, right? Because he had the uh, the shoulder issue. So, yeah. I mean, would it surprise anyone if he gets closer or gets 
to a thousand yards by the time this game is over? It wouldn't surprise me. They, their He's whole top offense, ten in rushing right now. Their whole offense is him. Um, and I, you know, it's we don't haven't really seen this, right? Like Hertz ran a lot last year, but he also had he had a better team around him. Um, you know, Mike Vick when he was young ran around a lot. Lamar's never played on a bad team. We've never seen one of these great running quarterbacks. Or it's rare you think that they play on bad teams. So like. The only way they, they, they can move the ball is this guy running around. His Claypool's not going to play Sunday. He's hurt. Uh, Mooney's out for the season. There's really no other weapons. I wonder how the Eagles defend Justin Fields on Sunday. Are they going to – I mean, I, they have to devote some resources to him. I'm just not sure who the player is. Is it Kaiser White? Yeah, I mean, usually you would bring in an extra defensive back, right? That's how a lot of teams kind of try to combat Lamar Jackson. Right. The Chargers famously did it in his first playoff start by playing six defensive backs pretty much the entire game. The Eagles certainly have a lot of defensive backs right now. No, like, T.J. Gardner-Johnson's out. Reed Blankenship is still dealing with an injury. I'm, I don't know what his status is for, for Sunday. I haven't looked yet, but he's out. It is interesting. You look, he, he's been playing his best football since week eight. He's completing almost 70% of his passes. He's got eight touchdowns to four picks, and he's averaging 108 rushing yards per game, but they're 0-5. It hasn't led to any wins at all. Yeah. I mean, they, again, they've won one football game since September. And that was a weird Monday night game where they upset the Patriots in Foxborough. That's it. They've won one Monday night football game, or one game, excuse me. It was a Monday night game since September. Yeah, Blankenship is out for this game. He's the only guy that was is, is listed out. So everybody else is set to play in this game. The other thing about, about Fields is he does, and this happens to a lot of young quarterbacks, he takes a lot of sacks. And he throws a high number of interceptions considering he doesn't throw that much. Like, you look at his attempts this year, does Justin Fields have a game he's thrown the ball 30 times? I don't think he has. I think I think 20-something is the most times he's, he's, he's thrown the ball in a game. Yet Fields this year has the highest interception percentage in the NFL. He has 10 interceptions on only 253 attempts. I mean, he's basically good for an interception per 25 attempts. Like Fields throwing a pick on Sunday feels like a pretty good, feels like a lock. He also takes sacks. You know, he has taken how many sacks this year we're up to for Justin Fields? He's taken 40. 40 sacks. Wow. In the last year, the sack percentage is 13.7. So 13.7% of his dropbacks are sacks, and 4% of his throws are interceptions. Like, there will be negative plays. Like he's gonna, I mean, that's almost one out of every five. Right. One out of every five and a half plays is a negative play. Yeah. Now, he'll make some big ones. He's going he's gonna to break a run where it's like, oh, my goodness. We're going to sc- scream and yell about Jonathan Gannon. He'll run for 40 or 50 yards. But he's also going to have one out of every five or so plays a bad one. Or it'll be a sack taken or it's a an interception there. Speaking of sacks, I, I wanted to mention this because I, I was shocked at this stat. Re- Reuben Frank had this one. This is a very Reuben Frank stat. So, right now, the Eagles have four players on the – precipice, I would say, or close enough to, to 10 sacks. You know, there's never been a team in NFL history, this this surprised me, to have four players with 10 sacks. And they could have, so Hassan Reddick's already there, so they got one down. Brandon Graham, eight and a half sacks. Javon Hargrave, eight. Josh Sweat, seven and a half. The Eagles have four players, at least in the range of 10 sacks. If it happens, they'll be the first team in NFL history with four players with 10 plus sacks in a season. That feels wild to me. There's been great defenses, right? There's been, I, I guarantee you, there's been defenses with four Hall of Famers across the defensive line or linebacking core. And how many guys in this list are Hall of Famers? Probably zero. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think Javon Hargrave is going to be Hall of Famer. He's a, he's a nice player. 
Reddick's having a nice career. I wouldn't start, you know, carving the bust in Canton. Same thing with Graham. I mean, Sweat's got a lot, a long way to go. I mean, that's crazy. That that's never happened before in NFL history. Um, you know, it, it, when I looked up, I think Howard brought up a couple nights ago this defense compared to one of Buddy Ryan's defenses. So I went and, and I looked at that defense and all the sacks they had. Like half of their sacks that season were just from Reggie White. Reggie White soaked up all the sacks. It's it's kind of interesting when you think about this defense leading the league at sacks. They don't have one elite player up front. Like I think we'd all say Reddick's really good. Graham's having a really good year. Hargrave's really good. Sweat's really good. Fletcher at times can still be good. But is there one elite player on this defensive line or pass rushing unit? I don't think there is. They're a very unique pass rush in like most of these great defenses have one, like like the Cowboys, right? Well, they have one guy. It's Micah Parsons. They have good players around him, but there's one guy that the, everything revolves around. The, the Rams last year, well, they had that one guy. They had, of course, Aaron Donald. You go back to some of the great teams with pass rushes over the years, they usually have one guy. You know, the way back in the day, Lawrence Taylor or Reggie White. There's not one guy here, Tucker. They have, they have a lot of guys. No, and part of the reason why I think they're all so successful is they have a lot of guys. Right? Like Brandon Graham is 34 years old coming off a, a torn Achilles, and he looks fresh as ever, right? Like he had to be out there playing late in that game the other day, and you look at what he's done. He hasn't played 50% of the snaps in any game. He played 29 snaps. The other day, that's the most he's played since week 10 that lost to Washington. Right. And the defense was on the field for so long. I mean, what they've been able to do is very similar to what they did the year they won the Super Bowl and just constantly rotating in fresh bodies at at both defensive end and defensive tackle. I mean, they go legitimately three deep at at every single spot on the defensive line right now. Unless I'm missing somebody. I I would have to guess that if you, like, added up team sack totals over the last two decades— the Eagles are probably the highest uh, on the list without a Hall of Famer involved. Like Sue's going to go to the Hall of Fame, but like, if, if am I missing a Hall of Fame pass rush they had here in the last twenty years? Jason Babin? Yeah, right. There's none. They've had really good ones, right? Trent Cole, really good. You Douglas, really good. More modern Brandon Graham, really good. They just seem to always have a lot of good and get away without ever having anyone great. And I guess Fletcher was great for a short. Like yeah, I don't years. know if he did it long enough to be a Hall of Famer, Probably but I would not. say he has the, the best case of anybody. It's just interesting. I mean, that that's an interesting way to build defenses, just a lot, of, just quantity of pass rushers. And I'm sure, I mean, Javon Kurse had a, a, a moment in time where it felt like he was great, but he, he's not going to the Hall of Fame. You know, they just, they've never stumbled upon the Aaron Donald or, you know, the Von Millers of the world, like the guys that are surefire Hall of Famers. Yet they've racked up all these sacks and all these great pass rushers. It's a very unique way that they've built this defensive line, and it's worked for years and years, and it's working again. And they might have four guys that have 10 sacks this season. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. All right, coming up, NFL picks. We will guess the takes for Week 15, and we will get to our same game. Pro- I'm feeling a lot of pressure, Tucker. How are you feeling before we do this? I'm, I'm feeling pressure. Like It should feel like house money because we hit one. But, like, last week we had, a, a, would say, at least a handful of people who, who were listening or maybe listened to the podcast or whatever, but they heard our same game parlay we put together with our props for the Eagles and Giants. They played with us, and, and they won over $1,000 last week. Can we- Are you worried that if we win again, FanDuel may stop your sponsorship? I mean, it also should get them some publicity, right? Like, I feel like this will be a little bit of a story if, if two weeks in a row we hit this. 
I mean, it'll, it's going to be a magical Christmas I'm for just, all of our listeners. I'm just saying, yeah. I mean, will they tell me to stop doing this particular segment? Will they say maybe you shouldn't do these same game parlays on the air? Maybe. But we're going to do it again. Hopefully we hit it. So we'll come up with it. a same game parlay. Our, our favorite props for the Eagles and the Bears, along with NFL picks, guess the takes. That is up next right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. And look, one of the things I love about betting on the NFL is that I'm always finding new player or game props that I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forwards Casino is you combine these props with the other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. Perfect for Sunday's games. Yeah, this could kind of be like a, a warm-up to the uh, the final parlay we put together coming up a little bit. But I'm thinking over rushing yards for both quarterbacks. I'm thinking touchdowns potentially for both quarterbacks and the over on the game with two teams that have been over teams all year long. Same game, probably just one of the many reads I bet with FanDuel. Look, it's easy to use, easy to register, easy to deposit, easy to find your bet. And live betting, look, it takes you, it's fast. Like you want to put a, a live bet in, boom, you find it, you drop it in immediately. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94 WIP. I really like the FanDuel apps. There's no feeling like nailing a same game parlay bet. So lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. If you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, sign up today. Promo code Gilio for your no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's promo code G-I-G-L-I-O. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is their to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. Uh, that's how you hop in. All right. I got a couple of things I need to get off my chest very quickly. Then we'll do NFL picks, guess the takes, and our same game parlay with our fair prosper Eagles Bears. Two things that I – one I just heard on WIP, and it, it kind of jarred my mind. Um, and then one from today. So the one from today is – and I, I'm not trying to knock this guy. And I, I don't have a problem with the Philly signing him. I think he's a fine pitcher. 
why was there a Taiwan Walker press conference? I, it's it, like he has to be the most nondescript player to ever receive a press conference. What are we doing here? He's a fourth starter in the rotation. He's pretty good. I, I have no problem with it being here. Like it is what it is, right? Eighteen million dollars a year is market value now for a fourth starter. Fine. Like I'm, I'm not mad they have him, and I think he'll generally help the team next year. And he throws a lot of innings. I'm all, I'm on board. A press conference for Taiwan Walker? Was did Scott Boris just show up one day and they were like, I guess you're here. We just we could put out a a table and and invite the media. It had to be the least. Like, did anyone even know this happened today? I actually, I don't even know the answer to this. Do, do we think WIP cut away for the press conference? If I search Walker in our audio system, do you think there are any Taiwan Walker cuts? I just feel like typically when any any one of our teams, let's say, let's exclude the Flyers, Sixers, Eagles, Phillies, acquires a player of note, and there's a press conference for that player. We're playing the audio. Like, we are bringing it to you live. It's a big deal. People are talking about it. They're excited. Taiwan Walker? I mean, like, I'm at, good for the guy. You know, he life-changing money, $72 million. He's going to be here for four years or whatever. Good for him. It has to be the silliest press conference that the Phillies have ever, ever thrown. No, it's odd. Like, Zach Wheeler and Didi Gregorius had to share their press conference. Right. And if he had shared one with Trey Turner, obviously he would have been overshadowed, but it would have made a little more sense, I think. He's the Didi in this, right? He, it's, it, it, right that's a good comparison. It's, it's like the Didi Gregorius signing a few years ago. Nice player, help a little bit. Hopefully he doesn't fall off like Didi did, but whatever. That, that's the kind of player he is as a pitcher. Zach Wheeler, Trey Turner, right? $100 million contract, $300 million contract. You hope Trey Turner competes for MVPs. You hope that, hope that Wheeler competed for Cy Youngs. He has. Those are the guys you give press conference to. Even Arietta, I understand. I understood. Big right? name. Big name. And at the time, $25 million a year was, was kind of on the higher end. It was three years, twenty-five per year. This is a mid-rotation starter. This is this just makes no sense. Although in raw dollar figures, he's much closer to Zach Wheeler than Zach Wheeler is to Trey Turner. Well, that's true. Yeah, fewer close to uh, to Trey Turner. There. I just I just found it. Like I saw today this was happening. I was like, really? Would you have felt better if Matt Strom was up there opening baseball cards next to him? Well, I think it actually would have made more sense. Like, we're introducing our other two signings. Like, welcome to Philadelphia, Matt Strom. By the way, I, li- I watched a, um, a video of Matt Strom. They, uh, they did it on Zoom. You know how they, like, you know how the story was, like, they went to Trey Turner's house and they sat down with him for three hours. They brought, what did they bring? Bought Outback or food or something? They brought food to his house or something. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they kind of wined and dined him a little they bit. They wooed him. Yeah. Matt Strom, it was a Zoom. And then they basically said to him, here's what we're offering. You let us know if you want it. It was. It would seem very cold. Like, we like you. If you want to pitch for us, here's what here's what it is. Anyway, I had to, I had to say that about the Taiwan Walker thing. The other thing, uh, so we were that we played Jim with that. You know, we'd be kidding around about all you know, Hertz versus the other MVPs, and like he could bench press or squat two two is, and that's funny. This one I think was about the snow in Buffalo. If I see one more person say they should move this game to Sunday, we already moved one Bills snow game this year. Like, if you're going to have teams in snow cities, Green Bay, Buffalo, we can't just be moving games left and right because of snow. I understood the last one because wasn't that like four feet of snow was, like, dangerous? Yes. This one they're supposed to get between five and nine inches? Isn't that like a Tuesday in Buffalo? They should be used to it. There's, like, I will, like, I'm not going to actually throw a fit, but it'd be annoying if they changed the day of the game. I don't think they're going to. For five to nine inches of snow, like, 
this is every year in the NFL in these cities. Why are we so afraid of snow now? And why is it all yeah, – I just don't understand. Like, they've played outdoors in Buffalo for, like, 50 years. It's a, and all of a sudden, in 2020, it's become an issue? It's the strangest thing. Again, I understood the one near Thanksgiving. That was seemed dangerous for people to be on the road for, you know, four feet of snow or whatever. But this one, let, let's stop with all that. All right, let's do it. NFL picks, guess the takes for week 15 in the NFL as we come down the stretch here. All right, I've got one, two, three, four games I feel good about. I'll give you picks on those, and then we will move to guessing the takes here for week 15. All right, game number one. We're going to start to – actually, two of the games I like are tomorrow. We're going to start with tomorrow's games, and we're going to start with the early game tomorrow, and that is the Colts and the Vikings. Look, I don't think the Vikings are very good. You don't think the Vikings are very good. They're not. But at some point, they're going to beat someone by more than a field goal. They're pretty good, and the Colts aren't any good. And I think last week, something started to click. the last few weeks, something started to click for Kirk Cousins in this offense, along with Justin Jefferson and his new coach, Kevin O'Connell. I like the Vikings tomorrow, minus three and a half points against a wretched, bad Colts team that really can't move the football. The Colts aren't going to score more than 20 points or so in this game. I, I think the Vikings get to 24. I'm going to I'm gonna take the Vikings minus the three and a half. I think Cousins is starting to heat up in this offense, and they're coming off a loss. So it's kind of a, a reestablished himself spot for the Vikings. They could clinch the NFC North. I like the Vikings minus three and a half game one tomorrow as we got a triple header on a Saturday. Vikings minus three and a half over the Colts. Our game number two, and is this part of the reason I'm bringing up this Bills game against the Dolphins? Yes. Look, I am laying the touchdown tomorrow. I like a couple favorites. I'm laying the touchdown tomorrow night with the Buffalo Bills. Neither of these teams are particularly built for cold the way they play. Neither neither can run the football. I mean, what's the Bills running game? Hey, Josh Allen, scramble around. Hopefully get a first down or two. And Miami's got no running game. Uh, but I think of the two teams, if I'm going to take one of the two teams in cold and snow, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills in the cold and the snow. Josh Allen's performed better. He made that great game last year against uh, the Patriots in the playoffs in, in cold conditions. And... I think Miami is in some trouble here. They are going backwards. Two attack of Iloa the last few weeks has come way back down to earth. And this is a brutal spot for Miami. You know, this is their third straight road game. They lost in San Francisco. They lost in Los Angeles. And now, think about this travel thing for them. So they had back-to-back road games on the West Coast. Lost to both. They travel back Sunday night, late Sunday night, to Miami for a week back at home of preparation. But now the NFL moved this game on them. This was originally scheduled as a Saturday, a Sunday game, and it was moved up. So not only a third straight road game, but a shorter week road game for Miami. It has all the recipe for a Bills blowout. Also, it's a revenge spot for Buffalo because Buffalo lost in Miami early this season uh, in a game where they really should have won. They, um, they outplayed Miami that day but just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. I'm going to go Buffalo in a route tomorrow night. Minus a seven. So Vikings minus three and a half. Bills minus seven. Now I got a couple underdogs I like a lot for Sunday. Game number one. And I don't usually do this, but I am taking a team on Sunday, and I have no idea who they're playing at quarterback. It doesn't matter. I have a rule, and it's a very simple rule. Sam Darnold is not allowed to be giving three points against anybody. Sam Darnold is undefeated as a starter. It's a blind bet against Sam Darnold as a favorite. I don't care who he's facing. In what world is Sam Darnold a three-point favorite in 2022? This might be the biggest number he's been favored by since he was a rookie. Like, this is nonsense. 
Uh, so we Kenny Pickett's been ruled out, so, or is doubtful. So it's going to be either Mitch Trubisky, which I'm guessing it will be, or uh, Mason Rudolph. I don't care. I'm going to take the Steelers to pick off Sam Darnold a couple times and make this a very close game. I think they either win it or, I don't know, Like I could see, what, a 17-16 game if the Panthers win. I'll take three points with Mike Tomlin against the Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold on Sunday. The other game, I'm taking an underdog here. And quite frankly, I, I can't find anyone to explain to me why this team's an underdog. Why are the Raiders favorites over the, over the uh, Patriots on Sunday? I don't understand. The Patriots are better. The Patriots have Bill Belichick against Josh McDaniels. The Raiders have lost four games this season, leading by double digits at halftime. The better defense on the field is easily the New England Patriots. I mean, I I, I don't get it. Who has the better quarterback in this game? Yeah, I guess you could say Carr if you want to. Is it by a lot over Mac Jones? No. I mean, they're not, neither are very good. The better weapons, sure, you could give it to the Raiders. They've also won, what, five games all year with all those weapons? This is the strangest line of the week. I'm going to take the Patriots plus one and a half. Is Belichick losing to Josh McDaniels on Sunday? No chance. I'll take the Patriots in this game. So here are my picks for week 15. Vikings minus three and a half. Bills minus the seven. I will take the Steelers plus the three, and I'll take the Patriots plus the three. Um, as underdogs in their games. All right, let's get to the takes. Takes you will be hearing on Monday across the NFL. All right, take number one that will be out there around the NFL is that maybe the Falcons have themselves a young quarterback. I, I like Desmond Ritter. I liked him in college. I thought there was something there in the preseason. I'm actually surprised that they waited as long as they did to bench Marcus Mariota, who, by the way, do you see what Mariota did when he got benched? He said, I'm out. He left. Put him on the IR. I mean, the guy walked out, and now he's having – is he having surgery? I think he's having surgery on his knee. So he could wait till the offseason, but because he's not playing anymore, he's like, I'm out. That seems like a uh, a bad recipe down there. But I Well, he'll rest on their time. Yeah, and they'll pay him to do it. I, th- I think they get a little boost from Desmond Ritter, and I don't understand how the, the Saints are four-point favorite with Andy Dalton. I, I think the Falcons could win that game outright. I think the story on Monday is maybe Ritter, there's something to him and something to the future there in Atlanta. Take two you're going to hear on Monday is that the comeback player of the year in the NFL is not Geno Smith, and it is not Christian McCaffrey, and it is not Saquon Barkley. You know who it is? It's Jared Goff. The Lions are getting a break this weekend. Mike White is out for the Jets. They have to give the job back to Zach Wilson. The Lions are going to win again, and the Lions are going to be in a playoff position when we get we wake up on Monday morning. So how about this with Jared Goff? Last week, he was 100-1 to in the Comeback Player of the Year award market. On Monday, he was 40-1. to Do you know what Jared Goff is right now to win the Comeback Player of the Year in the NFL? Jared Goff right now is sitting at plus 350. He's gone from 100-1 to to plus 350 in seven days. Geno Smith is free-falling. Jared Goff, I love this story. They traded him. They kicked him out of Los Angeles. No one thought. Everyone thought he was just a placeholder in Detroit. They're going to draft a quarterback. What if he takes the Lions to the playoffs? I like. I actually think that's a cool comeback story of the year, comeback player of the year story. Jared Goff. Would you still keep him as your quarterback long term? C.J. Stroud is sitting there staring you in the face at number three overall. It's. It feels like it's an opportunity for them to get a young quarterback, right? That may have a higher ceiling than Jared Goff. But what if Jared Goff? I don't know. Wins a playoff game. He's, he's only like, what, 28, 27? 
He's definitely under 30. Yeah, I mean, I don't... If you asked me six weeks ago who's the quarterback of the Lions in the future, I would have said not Jared Goff. Now, it might not be Jared Goff. It might be. But I think you're going to hear Jared Goff as the comeback player of the year as a story on Monday morning. And the third story, the third take you're going to have come Monday is that the Eagles, not the Cowboys, should and will be the favorite in the game. Now we, you know, Next week we talked about how the Cowboys have opened up as a favorite, but I think the Eagles are going to roll on Sunday against the Bears, and I don't think the Cowboys are going to roll. Tucker and I have uh, pretty steadily not been the biggest Trevor Lawrence fans. I will say he's playing his best football. This is the best run he's had. Um, he's, I think he only had one turnover since... Or maybe zero turnovers since the middle of October. He's or picks. I he got like say. ten touchdowns, zero picks. Yeah, he's played well. Um, and the Cowboys secondary is banged up right now. They're on the road in Jacksonville, and Jacksonville's had some moments this year at home. They beat the the Ravens at home. And doesn't this feel like a Doug Peterson spot? Doug Peterson wins these kind of games. Four and a half, five point underdogs at home with a young team. I think Jacksonville has a chance to win that game on Sunday. And I think you're going to hear that Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars are ascending and that the Eagles clearly should and will be the favorites on Saturday against the Cowboys. Those are the picks. Those are the takes for week number 15 in the NFL. All right, let's um, let's do one of our favorite segments each week and, and one that suddenly I'm feeling like there's some pressure on Tucker and I to come up with the right props. So last week we hit it, a six-leg same-game parlay for the Eagles and the Giants. And uh, some of our listeners out there were able to uh, to jump on it and, and win a bunch with us. Now, can we do it again? So it's the Eagles and the Bears Sunday. Eagles currently nine-point favorites, 48.5 on the total. All right, let's talk through this and come up with our favorite props for the game for Sunday. The first one that jumps out to me for the Eagles and the Bears, here's the props. I think we should start with the touchdowns. Right? Let's go there. I feel like we're getting a, a pretty high-scoring game. So let's go with the touchdowns and see what feels right to us this week. The top four are the, are the, the shortest odds for touchdowns. Hertz, Sanders, Brown, Fields. Those are what the odds are telling us are the most likely touchdown scorers this week. Last week we hit both quarterbacks. Are we willing to get rich again and go with both quarterbacks this week? It seems like tempting fate if you pick both quarterbacks back-to-back. I weeks. agree. Okay. Would you go – all right. Miles Sanders has been as close to an automatic touchdown scorer this year as there have been. What do we think about Sanders as a touchdown scorer on Sunday? I do like that. I, I, I think the, the Chicago defense is, is pretty terrible, especially mm-hmm. against the run. They've allowed 14 rushing touchdowns, which is the second most in the NFL, two opposing running backs this season. Feels like a safe bet. I, I think, I mean, the Eagles run a touchdown in pretty much every game at, at least once or twice, so... I like Sanders over Hurts. All right, let's go Sanders, any type touchdown score. The Chicago side, do you want to go anyone but Justin Fields? Last week we took a Daniel Jones touchdown. I thought that really helped push our parlay over the top. How, the Bears will score a little bit, right? They'll, they'll get some garbage time points in this game. I don't think this will be a 48-3 game. Who scores for the Bears? Is this, is, is this Should we not overthink it? Should we just give it to Justin Fields? So look at who scored for them this year. Justin Fields has eight total touchdowns. Right. Second on the team is Khalil Herbert. He isn't even playing. He's got five. And then it's Cole Komet and David Montgomery. I could see Cole Komet having a touchdown. Have the Eagles been good against opposing tight ends this season? Uh, I'm trying to think through it in my head. I'm trying to think of tight ends that have have moved the ball or scored on them this year. Though Komet has kind of been a red zone guy for them. You just mentioned the touchdowns. Right. All right, I'm willing to do that. 
Sanders, Cole Komet. Let's 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 leave it there. Maybe we come back to the touchdown score. So we have a couple props in already. Nine is the is the point spread on this game. We can also, as we did last week, we could be a little bit safer and not worry about the whole game, and we can go with the Eagles and the point spread in the first half of the game. The first half spread is the Eagles minus five and a half. What do you like better, Eagles nine for the game? Or Eagles minus five and a half first half. I prefer the first half number, right? Because I, I think when nine, when it's over a, a whole possession like that, it's tough when you get into garbage time, mm-hmm. right? Who's to say the Eagles aren't up fourteen with two minutes to go, and they allow them to to score a touchdown and cut it to to seven or eight with with you know fourteen, fifteen seconds left? I like the first half because the Eagles have been a dominant first half team for the entire season. Now, I also like the over for this game. Last week we went over. It was 44.5. Now, this is a higher total, but the Bears have the worst. We just heard Clay Harbor. He joined us. He said they're the worst defense in the NFL. 30th in points allowed. The Eagles are humming on offense. They've scored 123 points the last four weeks. They may get Goddard back in this game. We'll see if they activate him on Sunday. I think the Eagles, Tucker, will be in the 30s. And if they're in the 30s, I mean, are they selling out in the fourth quarter to prevent the Bears from getting to the – upper teens or 20? I don't think they are. So if we do the math on that and the Bears are around 20 and the Eagles are in the 30s, that's an over for the game. Yeah, and you look at what the Bears have done offensively. They only scored 39 mm-hmm. or 20, yeah, 29 in the last two weeks combined. But before that, they put up 33 on New England, 29 on Dallas, 32 on Miami, and 30 on Detroit. This is an offense that has a little juice to it. Okay, so let, let's let's play out what we have so far. So right now we're sitting at four props for this game. Miles Sanders scoring a touchdown. Cole Komet scoring a touchdown. Eagles minus the five and a half in the first half. And we're going with an over for the game of 48 and a half. So I, I think we still need to throw in a couple more props here. To, to What are we at? Yeah, we're at 16 to 1. Not, it's it's ten. That's it. To, yeah, I mean, compared to last week, it's it feels like you know child's play. It's ten to win one hundred sixty bucks, and we won eleven hundred last week. We won. Yeah, we we hit it for ten for a little over a thousand dollars. All right. Anything else, Dan? Nazi? You've been you've been kind of on the Miles Sanders stuff the last couple of weeks. You have anything you feel good or or not good about his prop? What is he at? Fifty something? Sixty? Yeah, I'm interested to see what his actual prop number is because he ran for one forty four. Last week against the Giants, ran for 143 three weeks ago against Green Bay, but he didn't play that well in Tennessee, only had 10 for 24. The other thing that I think we should consider, if this game does get out of hand early mm-hmm. and you have the big game against Dallas coming up, does he even get a lot of touches? Right? Oh. Like If they throw a lot early to, to get up and they kind of put their you know foot off the gas... Do we get more Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott touches okay. down the stretch? Well, you have me intrigued with the, one of those names there. So here are the rushing props for the game. Hertz is at 46.5. Fields is at 69.5. He's averaged 100 over the past seven or eight games? Uh, 107. Are we getting a number that's too good to be true on Justin Fields? 69.5 yards? Yeah, you look at he has gone in his last four games 178, 147, 85, 71. Over? I would say so. Okay. Let's put the and Justin. even if you go before that, he had eight for sixty, but then eighty-two and eighty-eight the two weeks prior. All right, let's put. You know what? Let's leave the Eagles rushers out over the field's rushing yards. Now I want to go back to touchdown props because you mentioned something at the end, or w- with your thought on Miles Sanders. Boston Scott scored the last touchdown last week. Do we take a shot on Gainwell or Scott to score a touchdown in this game? 
again, it's a similar script, right? They're up big. It's late. They're not running Miles Sanders in the fourth quarter, but they're still moving the football. What do you think? Is, is this a Gainwell week? They got Scott his touchdown against the Giants. Is this Kenny Gainwell's turn? No, Kenny Gainwell is fifth on the team in touchdowns. Well, he's plus 390 to score one on Sunday. I like Kenny Gainwell. Sanders, Hurts, and Brown each have 10. Devontae Smith has five. Gainwell has four this year. Ready? We got a, We got another six-legger here for you, ladies and gentlemen. Here is our same. Here's our props that we like for the game, and I'll tell you what the payout would be. Miles Sanders, anytime touchdown scorer. Cole Komet, anytime touchdown scorer for the Chicago Bears. Eagles minus five and a half first half, over 48 and a half for the game. Justin Fields, over 69 and a half. And the Kenny Gainwell, anytime touchdown scorer. That puts us on a $10 same game parlay, $1,711. Now we're cooking. Now, well, I mean, that's literally like if, if you did last week's and we hit again, that would be like, I don't know. That's almost three grand. Yeah. We're just putting in your pocket. Just, just. We make you money here. I mean, again, I'm not. We're not guaranteeing this is going to hit, but it is a fun little same game. If you like, lose, Joe will reimburse any of your losses. That's not true. Wait, wait a second. For all the money we had, everyone last week, you could do these dumb same game parlays. Actually, really cool same game parlays over at Fanduel every week forever. I mean, you, you hit a lot of these, but um, that we'll go with that. Sanders, Komet, Eagles minus five and a half, over forty eight and a half on the total. And Fields over 69 and a half and the Gainwell touchdown. This was kind of our formula last week. We had three touchdown scores. We had Eagles first half. We had over in the game. And then we had another prop. Yeah, we had over Sanders rushing yards last week. It's actually the same exact formula. I mean, why mess with what works? Is this our new winning same game probably formula? Three touchdown props and over on a rushing prop. Eagles in the first half over in the game. Yeah, I mean, why not? Signed, sealed, delivered. As long as Kenny Gainwell gets his touchdown at the end. Well, it's funny because um, Scott was the last leg of the parlay to hit last week. We needed the Scott parlay to hit. Did you feel watching that last drive they were just feeding him the ball so he could score a touchdown against the Giants? Oh, of course they were. I mean, I, there was a clip this week. I forget who it was, what Eagle was yelling, but he's a giant killer um, over and over. All right, before we uh, we hand it off to Boomer and Valenti here, I just want to want to throw this in. You can also, you know, this is, I think, rich enough anyway. You know, you can also pick first or last touchdown score. So what if Well, we, that's how we lost one of them earlier. I know. What if we change the Kenny Gainwell one to the last touchdown score? Because that's kind of the game script that we're, we're thinking through in our, in our collective head here. So if you did that, if you were so inclined to change the Kenny Gainwell anytime touchdown score to the Kenny Gainwell last touchdown score, Tucker, $10.00 would win you $8,778, just if you're interested. I can't hear you if you're talking. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> Tucker's just, he's so taken aback with this. Potential. It's like a cartoon when you see the dollar signs and, you know, the slot machines rolling in my eyes. Yeah. I missed the button. Um, you think we should keep it at any time just to protect I ourselves? So. Okay. I don't want to get greedy. I don't want it either. I'm just. I don't want. I don't want Fanduel to you know be on to us and learn that we've we've caught on to their game. That we we've we figured out how to. Hit we figured these. it out. We figured out how to beat the system. Yeah. All right. There it is. There's our, our same game parlay. You guys have a great night. Enjoy Boomer and Valenti. Next, they're coming up with the uh, the preview. We'll talk on Sunday. I'll be back Sunday morning with Glenn and Ross Tucker for the Eagles and the Bears pregame show. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. Boomer and Valenti get you set for every NFL game across the league as they do every Friday night. And everyone's playing this week. No more buys. That is coming up next, as always, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.